Hi, morning, Father. Good morning, Glenn. Morning. And to all of you who have joined us also this morning, some of you may be first-timers or you've been on our show before. Big welcome to you. Hi, Father. How are you? I'm fine, Glenn. How are you keeping? You're keeping well? Staying safe? Yes, yes. I, I think you just came out, came in from the garden, doing gardening to for Mother Earth. <laughs> oh, well, not really, not really, Glenn. Well, that's that's yeah. that's our topic this morning, isn't it? I mean, uh, we are celebrating Laudato Si week, uh, and uh, it's the yeah, it's it the twenty fourth of May will be the the sixth anniversary of the publication of the Pope's encyclical Laudato Si. So that's why we thought this morning we we talk a little bit about about the environment. I know much has been said about the environment already. Uh, you know, sometimes people think, ah, yeah, yet again another, you yeah. know, but. Uh, little things that we do, I think, can make a difference, especially at this time uh, when we're at home, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Many people will be wondering what's Laudato Si. They just know a bit more. So I think our viewers will be going to have a, a big session prepared for them. Yeah, this morning. So we have interesting, uh, we have some nice, interesting guests here this morning, uh, also international, local. Uh, guests uh, who are here this morning to to talk to and share with us a little bit about you know uh, the the Pope's encyclical. I know people may have heard this word Laudato Si and may wonder what is it all about. Uh, perhaps a little insight, a little window to to Laudato Si. Uh, well, I've been told that it's not an easy easy encyclical to understand. Hopefully, we will try to get some some key ideas this morning. Uh, I know. Key pages. <laughs> <laughs> also, you have looked at it already. <laughs> Ah right, okay. Yeah, I understand one of the one of the guests uh, is your friend, the Archbishop right. from the Bishop uh, Bishop Alwyn de Silva, the Auxiliary Bishop of of Mumbai. Uh, uh, let's 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 bring him without without much ado. Let's let's bring uh, Bishop Alwyn into this into this conversation. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Bishop uh, Alwyn? Busy with the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, things in, in in India are pretty pretty bad, isn't it? How, yeah, you know, now we are reaching now we are reaching the peak and we are coming down. So things are Amen. getting better. Things are getting how better. Are, how how are things in Mumbai, especially in Mumbai? Uh, Mumbai is now getting better. There are less cases. The deaths are slightly high, but there are less cases. Uh, but the deaths are high compared to the first wave. Okay. Malaysia so rallying. So are you are you also in a kind of a in a, in a lockdown? Are the churches are also yeah. closed? Right? Yeah. So the churches are closed. We are having online masses, and so there's complete lockdown. We hardly move. There's movement from eight o'clock to eleven o'clock in the morning for essential services. Okay. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it is uh, there's a curfew. Bishop, when we heard of the the level of the severity. Malaysia, we rallied, we, we raised funds for, for for India and we sent it over. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, during this wave, we have youngsters, 40, 50, 30 years old, even younger. And a number of priests and sisters, 118 have died in India, 118. Priests. Oh priests. <coughs> Throughout <coughs> India. Throughout India, yeah. Maybe more, but uh, so far we have got the number as 
But unfortunately, you know, as we grow and we study philosophy and theology, we, we sometimes lose touch. And then after a number of years, uh, we formed a group, you know, the World Council of Churches um, uh, started a group about uh, global warming. At that time, it was called global warming. And we formed an ecumenical group. And I tell you, in the beginning, I couldn't understand any of these terminologies. This was so difficult, uh, greenhouse gases and all these. Uh, it was new to me because I had just come out from theology and philosophy. But then slowly, you know, this group helped us uh, to reflect on uh, then a change to uh, climate change. And now it is called climate emergency. And so this group helped us. So this reflection helped us. And then when I came to the FABC, of course, um, uh, all of us used to reflect and it changed my mind and it changed uh, my heart. So I was touched, uh, especially by Laurato C because um, six years ago I was in Rome before the Laurato C encyclical was uh, published and we shared our expectations and we were looking forward to it and the enthusiasm, uh, we felt the enthusiasm among all the uh, participants who were all over the world. And so that brought in my sort of ecological conversion. Uh, uh, yeah, by the way, um, welcome everyone who just came on board. Yeah, good morning to uh, Rita, Rita, Philo, Aaron Paul, Celine, Jude Pinto, Valerie, and, and more, more on the way. Yes, Father. 
No, I was saying to, to Bishop, yeah, uh, you know, when you when you talk about things like climbing trees, eating fruits, you know, uh, just reminded me of my own childhood also. Yeah, and, you know, uh, remember, you know, of course, the trees didn't belong to us, belonged to our neighbours. And, you know, when the neighbours were asleep, we kids were up the tree uh, eating the fruits, uh, the rambutan that was the, from the neighbour's house. Uh, always the, 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 the fruits from the neighbour's house tasted better than from their own garden, I think. Uh, you know... Bishop, uh, as you were saying that you were you were in 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 Rome at that time uh, with Laudato Si, um, you know, with Pope Francis, um, Laudato Si is is quite a, a significant document uh, in terms of uh, the Church. I mean, prior to this, we have not had uh, a singular document like this uh, which treats, uh, you know, uh, what 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 is the significance of this uh, to the Church uh, with the publication of, of Laudato Si? Has it changed? the orientation of, of many other aspects of, of church, of theology also? You see, uh, among us, uh, if I tell you that uh, your president has spoken or prime minister has spoken, you will listen. <laughs> but if, you, if I tell you someone else has uh, sp uh, spoken, uh, you will not uh, listen. So when Pope Francis spoke about uh, the environment, you know, everybody started listening. And uh, we used to do some sort of work uh, uh, with the environment years ago, but people did not pay attention to us. You know, they said, yeah, these are the people, uh, you know, some uh, queer people who are involved in, in the love for nature and, and creation. But as soon as Pope Francis spoke, uh, the whole world, and even when I was in Rome at that time, we had a workshop, the whole world in a way got up. You know, I went to Bonn uh, after that meeting and uh, we shared our experiences uh, or we shared our expectations. And one uh, sort of lady put up her hand and she said, you know, I am an atheist. I don't believe in God, but I'm interested in what Pope Francis is saying about the environment, mm. what uh, Pope Francis is saying. So uh, and I think Pope Francis has come uh, out as a very uh, big leader. And therefore, whatever he says is very important for us as well as for other people. And therefore, uh, Pope Francis talking about the environment brought up, brought about a significant change in uh, the life of the church and the life of uh, society also, civil society. Just, yeah, just, sorry, go ahead, Glenn. I am, yeah. So for, for those of you uh, here for the first time, uh, what you can do is you could, uh, you could tell us you're here for the first time with a number one in your comments and you've been in our show before, so you give a number two. How about that? Yeah. And how about for those of you who are from KL or PJ, how many of you are from KL or PJ? You could give a number three. And if you're outstation, number four. Yeah. So Glenn, you're trying to, trying to engage with our audience to get some... Uh, and if you are from Mumbai, give us number five. <laughs> following from, yeah, yeah, it's a number following five. Following. <laughs> Overseas, yeah. Mumbai, number five. So, talking, so, Bishop, you were saying that about, about Laudato Si, uh, you know, Pope Francis uh, spoken. I, I'm not sure how many people actually have read. Glenn says 80 pages. Uh, you know, what, what would be the, the, the key, key takeaway from Laudato Si uh, for someone who has not read the whole document? Uh, what would be some key points that that you would like to that we could highlight this morning for people to understand better? 
Colonel Turkson gave a, a nice summary of Laurothosi. He says uh, C can be summarized in seven C's, no A, B, C, C's, so that we can remember. One is care for creation. No, Laurothosi speaks about care for creation and um, how we should respect um, nature and uh, you know how consumerism, uh, consumerism is is detrimental for the care of uh, of creation. So that is one aspect. Um, that Cardinal Turkson uh, shared with us, and I was very much impressed. Second, uh, he said conversation from Laudatosi, you know, conversation. That means having a dialogue with various types of interfaith groups, having a dialogue also uh, for immediate action, having a dialogue so that we can reach a consensus. So that was another C that uh, Laudatosi uh, speaks of. Another is uh, continuity and collegiality. If you read uh, Laudato C, uh, Pope, Francis, uh, Pope Francis doesn't uh, you know, say that I am the first one to speak about Laudato C. I am the first one to speak about uh, sort of creation. He gives us a whole uh, historical perspective. You know, it started from John the 23rd and Paul the 6th and uh, um, John Paul the 2nd and Pope Benedict all these people have really spoken about uh, about the environment. I remember Pope Benedict. I think he started going on uh, going in a environmental car or something like that. Um, so Pope Francis says there's a continuity hmm? and there's a collegiality between. Uh, he mentions also various bishops' conferences in the encyclical uh, who talk about the environment, who talk about uh, about climate change. So that is uh, that is another C. Another C is ecological conversion. He wants us uh, to be uh, to be converted, you know, in our mind, in our thinking, in our feelings. He needs a certain sense of ecological conversion, which will bring about a sort of respect for uh, 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 for nature. Another thing is uh, citizenship and uh, contemplation. He brings out the idea that we are all citizens of the world. Uh, okay, we are citizens of India and Malaysia and other places, but we are citizens of the world. And therefore, if we are citizens of the world, the, we have a common home. And therefore, we need to take care. Another aspect that he brought out is contemplation. You know, he says, go out and just look at the stars and look at the birds and look at, uh, feel the water and feel the earth. And I think this is what we are doing during the pandemic. You know, we, are, we have got a chance to look at the world and uh, look at nature and, and really uh, enjoy sort of nature. Uh, so uh, these are some of the seas uh, that he... Uh, that he mentioned uh, and yeah so um, so these seven c's um, help us to uh, to get to the uh Heart of, of, the, the, of the encyclical yeah uh -huh.
Yeah, so anyway, like this for, for our, our listeners out there, Laudato Si, the C in Laudato Si is S-I and not Laudato Si as in our bishop described. So, but but it's a, it's a nice way of remembering, isn't it? The seven C's of, of Laudato yeah. Si. Uh, but yeah. uh, thanks, Bishop. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that myself, uh, of those seven C's from, from Cardinal Turkson. Very um, interesting angle. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is easy to remember. <laughs> That's right. But 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 it's interesting that you mention also because some people think that you know prior to prior to Pope Francis's uh, encyclical the church never talked about uh, about the the environment uh, and and you pointed out so rightly that you know in different ways in different forms uh, they have been talking popes have been talking uh, regional uh, conferences of bishops have been talking about it uh, which is quite clear in Laudato Si as Pope Francis has also highlighted and alluded to. Uh, that's very that's very interesting, uh, uh, Bishop. Uh, do stay with us. Uh, we, we want to just move in a little bit uh, to look at you know how uh, how Malaysia uh, looks at you know what 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 do we do? Uh, so, Glenn, you're thinking about you know uh, let's let's yeah. bring let's bring. Uh, we have two more speakers. Uh, let's bring Anthony. Anthony. Hi, morning, Anthony. Hi, morning. Uh, just to show my T-shirt, yeah. <laughs> this is just to spite me. I think it's literally everybody, all the opposition that comes in, they know that, you know. Uh, so it's a little good banter this morning, uh, you know. Last, yeah, the last yeah. day, the last day of, of the Premier League, right? This is the last, yes, the last yes. weekend. Yeah, yes, all right. We're all sharing so, the same home, Father. <laughs> still still anyway. sharing the same common home. Yeah. So welcome, Anthony. Welcome, welcome to our podcast. Uh, it's great to have you here with us this morning uh, to be able to share. Uh, Anthony, you. would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Where do you come from, Anthony? I mean, what's your background a little bit? Yeah. Okay. And your concern um, for the yeah, environment. I, I originate from Malacca, uh, transported to, to Selangor in 1988 or so. Um, to be very honest with you, I got into the environmental field because I needed a job. I actually went through a retrenchment in 2004. And I was offered a job in an environmental NGO called Center for Environment, Technology, and Environment them. Mm. Uh, it's run by Gurmit Singh. Uh, those people who are old enough will know that Gurmit Singh is probably the grandfather or great-grandfather of environmentalism in Malaysia. So I started off uh, as an officer looking at people's uh, electricity consumption. Uh, then, uh, halfway through my one-year contract, I was offered the executive director's position in Saddam. Came back, uh, spoke with my wife, prayed about it, and then I saw that uh, there was a reason why I, I was retrenched. Because God was opening doors for me, which I never, uh, never ever imagined. I, my degree is in computer science. And I went into a, a, a totally different field. Mm. And Anthony, um, yours is yeah. a, uh, an unusual angle in caring for our common home. You're, you're, you've dealt a lot with sustainable development. Yes. And also what set them this. Oh, yeah, by the way, while I still remember, uh, I'd like to tell the public, Anthony, you, Anthony did a, he organized a treasure hunt. He yes. collaborated with, he joined venture with MBPJ, the Majlis Pandaran PJ, and did a treasure hunt on a PJ level. It was all around PJ, and he promoted use uh, that we we needed to use more public transport. Yeah, that's, no that's more, right. no less, no motorized. Yeah, 
And then I'm in fact I'm wearing your, your t-shirt like you see things like go green, yeah, go green, uh, exercise more, yeah, be safe, sustainable development, etc. So I, I, like I still, morning, this morning is about it's about it's about t-shirt promotions, eh? <laughs> but, but, but one Liverpool, one. Just, just to mention about sustainable development, uh, yes. I, I gave a talk in Plimtong sure. uh, early last year. And it was in relation to the Laudato Si uh, rollout for their Lantern campaign. And during that time, I actually mapped the Catholic sex, uh, social teaching to the SDGs. Okay. So what SDGs. we are looking at, what, what, the, what the world has come up to accept as the Sustainable Development Goals 2030 in uh, September of 2015, the Catholic Church knew early 1900s. So we are actually stumbling backwards to what the Catholic Church already knew from the beginning. Sustainability has to be implemented at the very, very lowest level. Yeah. Amen. Anthony, just to, just to just to I mean, you have been involved in this in this area for quite a bit. You know, uh, what are some yeah. of the major concerns uh, for Malaysia for us? You know, in the area of either it's sustainable development or in terms of environmental issues, uh, what would be the top three issues that that Malaysia is, is struggling with? Uh, right now, I okay, my, my, my expertise actually is in uh, brownfield uh, environmentalism. Uh, just to let you know that there are various colors in environment. Green, green is people who are basically tree huggers. Blue are people who are interested in the ocean and the rivers. Brown are people like me who are interested in actually... Uh, physical development. So okay. from, from my perspective, one of the biggest challenges that Malaysia has today is in unsustainable development. Huh. The problem that we have today is development that is not being planned well. That's number one. Number two, we have a problem uh, in, in terms of how we are using or converting land from uh, basically from forest into non-forest usage. It could be for plantation, it could be for, for physical development, for housing and whatnot. And thirdly is the, the problem of, of uh, human and wildlife conflict. Uh, just to share with you, I, I, went to, I went to Perbatang Pao just recently for my uh, parliamentary project, went to Baling, Went to even went down to to uh, Sepak Rengam and Moa. The biggest problem that we have today in these places is babi hutan, huh? wild boar, wild boar intrusion into villages, into uh, what you call agricultural areas. So it shows that we are already encroaching to places that we are not supposed to. So these are the three areas which I I believe to be quite. Uh, serious in today. You mentioned parliamentary work. I, I also understand you're connected with the, the parliament. Uh, please do tell us about yep. your role also, uh, Anthony, in the okay, all um, parliamentary group. Okay, I, I'm the uh, executive officer in charge of finance. Uh, among some of the MPs, they call me Mani Tan. Uh, <laughs> so it's the all-party parliamentary Group Malaysia on Sustainable Development Goals. In Bahasa Malaysia, is known as Kumpulan Rentas Parti. 
when we go to Malay areas, they think that we are inviting the MP to jump to another party. Retas. So we are non-partisan. Uh, we 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 have pictures uh, taken with DAP logo, PAS logo, AMNO logo. So uh, we we actually work with all MPs. And what personally I found is no matter what arguments happen within the halls of parliament, outside on the ground, most, if not all, our MPs are seriously uh, involved and they do really care for the public. They really do care, care for the riot. And mm. I find hope in that. I find hope in that. Yeah, but uh, Anthony, I mean, do you do you find a kind? I mean, in your work, in your going out to work among people and to talk about this and to create awareness, uh, is there excitement among people, or is there a kind of a sense of apathy uh, among people uh, when it comes to you know environmental issues uh, or sustainable development or on the ground generally? Um, well, Father, the the thing is when we uh, what we do is. In our, in our uh, research, we go to a particular area, we spend three days there, we listen to different groups of people, uh, and, and we, we find out what are the issues on the ground. When we talk about sustainable development, they give you a blank, they'll give you a blank look. Uh, SDG 1 on, on poverty, or SDG 2 on, on, on uh, uh, food, they'll give you a blank look. But when we talk with them and ask them, what are your problems? Education problem comes out. Connectivity with the internet comes out. Uh, job job uh, availability comes up. So people actually are practicing SDG 17 without knowing it. The 17 SDGs without knowing it. But what we want to do uh, as the APPGM SDG is to uh, educate the service providers from the government level those people who are at the district those people who are at the municipal level they have to see their role in actually bringing the sustainable development to the to the rakyat i'll give you an example uh, the the jabatan kebajikan is supposed to look into the the cases of people who are having uh, whether it's monetary problem or some other problem the case is supposed to be sent to them, written, and then they are supposed to visit the person if the person is immobile. We have heard of cases of officers insisting that a paralyzed person come to the office to prove that they are paralyzed. Now, does that make sense to you? <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't make sense at all. And when we brought it up to, to people at ministry level, they shook their heads. Because this is not what the rakyat expects. And this is not what is expected by the people at the top. So there is a disconnect between what is being decided at the top and what is being implemented at the bottom. So this is where the APPGM SDG comes into place. We are working from bottom and bringing it all the way back. So it would seem that the work that you do in terms of you're talking about sustainable development, it's it's quite quite uh, uh, quite. Uh, wide uh, wide and wide area of, of of concerns that you have um, yes it, it's not it's not just environmental issues but it's also concerns people's lives uh, ordinary lives uh, in that sense uh, and i think it's, well, it's quite well, interesting that 
Yeah. Father, I, I'll just share with you a very, very sad case. There's this place called sure. Kampong Chawan in Kuching. It is built on a Chinese cemetery. The Kampong exists on a Chinese cemetery. You look down and it, any of the, the uh, flooring that is broken, you'll find a Chinese uh, grave. And these people have been living there for 40, 50 years. Okay? They live in squalor areas. They are squatters. Which means that the environment is definitely out. Health is definitely going to be an issue. Uh, work, work is going to be an issue. So what, what I'm trying to get at is all the sustainable development goals are interlinked. The environment cannot be taken out from, from uh, the, the, what you call business. Business cannot be taken out from people. It is all people, planet, and profit are all, prosperity are all linked together. You disturb one, it will affect the next one. Yeah, so I think the, the interconnectivity of, of our, of our of the lives that we live, we can't, we can't compartmentalize, isn't it? I mean, I think no, from no. listening to you, we, we can't compartmentalize that no. this is my life. Uh, I live in an urban area, so what happens somewhere else doesn't, doesn't con concern me. I think sometimes we can be quite disconnected that way. Uh, people seem to think that you know, if it doesn't bother me, it's not my concern. And I yeah. think that's 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 the danger. Is I think that the world that we live in, if it's not and, in my backyard, yeah. And then mm. that I think that is one one very strong message that comes through from Laudato Si. This whole idea of un being united and having. Uh, what you call communication among different different communities, um, which is actually part of SDG 17, partnerships towards the goal. So again, I say that Catholic Church has, has had this kind of message going on for at least 100 years, but unfortunately, we are just stumbling backwards and finding it as we go along. So the environment, I, I often share this with people. Uh, if they say that Laudato Si doesn't connect to them, then please go and read Genesis chapter 1. Mm, yeah. Because if God did not create everything, we will not have louder to see. Thank you. One, thanks, Anthony. Anthony, one thing. In your whole experience in dealing with sustainable development and also linked to the environment, etc. And I know many of the listeners, we are quite urban and we also <laughs> have been sort of practicing uh, the three hours or four hours recycle, yeah. reuse, reduce. Um, oh yeah, for those of you who do practice that, you could put up a number six. I noticed some of you all, a lot of you <laughs> responded and some of you from PJ and even Outstation, thumbs up. So if you, you do practice at home, like my parents uh, and myself, we do segregate our ways and we do things for the environment in, a, in, a, in several ways. So uh, where you found that we there are still ways that we are learning that we could care for our common home yeah mm. we could go further into things or maybe there are new things or not really popular could you share with us what are some of these ways yeah. that we could care for our common mutual home okay i'll, I'll do a plug-in for mbpj right now uh, those of you who live in mbpj you can actually get a hundred percent rebate uh, on your assessment for at least one year um, if you for example if you do uh, waste separation at home and you can show it to us you get 20% off if you do uh, electricity uh, 
uh, savings by putting up a solar panel on your roof, you get another 20% mm -hmm. off. If you do composting in your home, you get 20% off. Uh, if you have real good greenery, 50% softscaping in front of your house, another 20% off. You have lots of trees around your house, another 20% off, 100% already. And I'm, that only covers only about one quarter of the stuff that you can do. So uh, start simple. Do simple things. Uh, I have an aircon. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very, very honest. I have an aircon. Aircon runs at 28 degrees. Why? Because in Malaysia, we actually need a dehumidifier. Dehumidifier. Not so much a, a aircon. Father, how many, how many times you go to church, uh, you find the church is running at 20 degrees? People wearing jackets. People well, wearing both, jackets. The, both the churches I serve yeah. in don't have aircon. Uh, so, ah. yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, yeah, wait, wait. Coming back to your question, are there any other local councils doing this uh, apart from MBPJ, uh, Anthony? And do you know of any other you know, uh, councils uh, who provide such the only, provisions? The only other city council that does it is uh, in Taiwan. Okay. In All Malaysia, right. If those of you who are in PJ, if you haven't claimed for this, you better claim it. Because when I give a talk on, on this, this particular item in uh, whether it's Kutang Kinabalu, Kuching, KL, Shah Alam, even in my own Subang Jaya, people ask me why we don't have. I say, please go and speak to your mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If the mayor is not MBBJ green, rocks. Ah, so if the mayor is not, not totally green, it's not going to work. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, sure. You know, I think it's, it's a good insight uh, for people who are in PJ. Uh, you know, it's it's not just it's not just about claiming the rebate. I think uh, mm. it is about a, a consciousness uh, of the care for the for, for the for the environment. Of course, that's an incentive to be able yes. to do that, isn't it? Uh, yes, Father, you're right. You're right. You're right. The, the the word here is incentive. It's just to kickstart. But after yeah. that, it is your own conscience to make sure that things are going on. Yeah. Yeah, stay with us, Anthony. Uh, I mean, we will have this conversation in, in, in a short while, a little, a little bit more. Uh, you know, Glenn, I think, you know, we've talked to about Laudato Sea, then we've talked about, you know, what are the sustainable developments in Malaysia. You know, and, and this morning, we started off this morning with, with, uh, with a nice rendition of, of Hijau. Uh, yeah. In terms of, there are people who are also advocating uh, this care for the common home through the arts, uh, through music. Uh, so this morning, uh, we have... Uh, uh, let me say a, a renowned artist here in Malaysia. Christine Das. Uh, Christine. Hi, Christine. Father, are both of you related, Father? No, she is a, a DAS. I'm a DASS. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I always say I'm, I'm a double S. Fun fact, Father, I'm actually a DASS, but my father got my name changed to a DAS. All right, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome, Christine. Welcome. Okay. Welcome yes, to. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much. You're going to talk about animals now. <laughs> Christine. Yeah. You know, there are people, there are different people who, who advocate, uh, you know, this care for the environment, for nature in, in different ways. You know, this morning, I mean, we started off with, with music, you know, and we know that you are somebody who, who advocates, uh, care for the environment uh, through your artwork you know uh, uh tell us a little bit about about yourself and how how you got involved i mean what got you interested uh, uh in in art oh okay um 
Okay, can, can you all hear me clearly? Yes. Okay. Um, I, from the time I've um, learned how to hold a pencil in my hand, I've always uh, been doodling and drawing and coloring. So basically, I also come uh, from a family of artists. Uh, so it's already in, in my DNA. Uh, so to speak. Uh, anyway, Ray, um, so um, I graduated as graphic designer and then um, in when I was hit with my midlife crisis, that's when I decided to become a contemporary artist. So that's how. Uh, <laughs> closer. Oh, that's how the yeah. journey began. Sorry, sorry, maybe because I'm soft-spoken. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, what basically happened uh, that actually sparked this whole journey would be that, um, okay, um, in most of my life, in my 20s and 30s, I was uh, a chronic depressive. And there came a time after my father passed away that I wanted to end my life. And at that point, um, I had my so-called divine intervention. Uh, this was I, how I experienced it. So at that point, um, I actually questioned this. Why was I given a second lease in life? Um, because prior to that, I never found any meaning in life. I didn't know. I, I didn't know why I existed. But because of this experience, um, I started to question it. And uh, it was in this questioning that I came uh, to a conclusion that I think my life has a lot more meaning. And I am not going to sit in an office. I was a graphic designer at the time. I'm not going to sit in an office and not be able to contribute uh, or make a contribution to the world because I felt that I was not, um, I felt something was missing and I think I had a calling but I didn't know what it was. So um, after much uh, thought and contemplation, uh, I decided, okay, let me try this uh, contemporary art. So if I'm going to embark in contemporary art, I told myself that it has to be attached to a very meaningful cause, uh, something where I can contribute uh, to the world. Uh, but I didn't know what it was when I embarked uh, mm. as an artist, okay? I didn't know what it was. So at that point of time, it was also a time where I made a comeback to church. Um, I, I, I'm one of those black sheep, prodigal, daughter kind of story person. And um, so I had a, a powerful experience of Jesus, and uh, but I was searching for God the Father because that was what was lacking in my life, my, my relationship with my dad. And I remember asking Father Simon Lebroy. So this is how it all sparked, okay? Um, I asked Father Simon, uh, I experienced Jesus in the sacrament uh, uh, of the Eucharist. How can I experience God the Father? I, I, I want to get to know him. I want to meet him. And this is what Father Simon told me. He said, Christine, when you walk out of Assumption now, go to a flower pot, okay? He said, go touch a leaf. I said, okay. So he said, when you have touched that leaf, you have touched the father. You have experienced the father. That was what he told me. And of course, for me, I was like, what? <laughs> you know? What is it? I couldn't comprehend it. I, it took me a while. But what he had instructed me to do really set off um, 
something within me and I, I began to very seriously because I was so desperately wanting to know God the Father. I really very seriously, I took his words so seriously that I began to do my own um, contemplation and, and experimentation with, with nature. Then I realized, because this was a lot of soul searching, right? And I began to undo myself because this is, I had, I had bent myself so out of shape in my 20s and my 30s uh, in life, being a very wild girl, that now I had to undo everything. I had to undo and unlearn and re and get to know myself. So this journey sparked that. And then it brought me back to the very core where as a child, I actually enjoyed nature so much. And at the core, I actually love nature. And that is when I made the connection. So God the Father made creation and I am that child that is in his embrace every time I'm in nature. That was how I made my connection with God the Father. So therefore, well, that's, a, it's very, that's a very interesting faith journey, isn't it? I mean, in your in your work. Uh, yes. Yeah, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for sharing that. I think that's a very powerful uh, story. You know how your faith uh, is also expressed, uh, uh, has brought you to where you are today. In fact, and that's I think that's a very important thing. Christine, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen many of your of your of your works. I know you did the you did the the stations of the cross. I think in two churches. I think you've done, you've yeah. done in a uh, uh, church of Saint Thomas More uh, in Subang Jaya, and the other being. Um, Cathedral of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, no, nature has been your team uh, in, in many ways. I, I remember going to two of your of your art shows, uh, uh, one in Penang and I think one in KL, I believe. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Maybe we just want to bring up some some examples, and you want to tell us a little bit about you know what kind of a message do you hope to to communicate in in some of these this artwork that you that you so painstakingly put your heart and soul into it. Definitely. Okay. Um, actually, my, my journey as a wildlife artist began with the story of the elephants. That's when I knew that this is my this is the reason why I was given a second chance to live. Okay. So I became a, a conservation artist, uh, a wildlife conservation artist, uh, way before Laudato Si. So uh, so when Laudato Si came to pass in 2015, it was to me an affirmation of my God-given life purpose. So it begins with the elephant. So um, the elephant that you just uh, put on, the elephant painting that you just put on screen. Okay, yes. Yeah. So um, in 2013, uh, in Sabah, there were like 13 pygmy elephants that were, that were poisoned to death in a oil plantation, oil palm plantation. Uh, and these are the bonian elephants. And this is the first time I am actually uh, learning that Malaysia had two species of elephants. We have the Asian elephants in Peninsula, Malaysia, and we have the Bonian elephants in Sabah. And the Bonian elephants are just unique to Sabah. They are not found anywhere else in the world. So when this incident happened, I and I saw this orphan baby elephant. His name is Little Joe. And it was this little elephant that actually pointed me to wildlife conservation. So the elephant paintings, I do a lot of elephant paintings because... Um, I realized during my exhibitions uh, that there are a lot of Malaysians who don't realize that uh, Malaysia has elephants. Malaysia has a very rich wildlife 
biodiversity. They actually do not know that we have tigers, they have, we have tapirs. So this is something that I've learned during my journey as an artist. So this painting of the elephant, I, I know that, um, can we have the elephants up again, sorry. Um, I realized that we human beings, right? We have so much that we can actually take away from the relationships that elephants have as community and as family. So elephants, from what I know, they have very strong family bonds. Uh, they are matriarchal. So I like that women power, uh, <laughs> women power notion of uh, <laughs> uh, elephant herds. And um, you know how, how they care for each other. And elephants play such an important role in the ecosystem. Now, the elephants are the great gardeners of the forest. They help uh, spread seeds. Uh, not only that, because they are so big, right? Uh, they even make help make pathways in, 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 the, in the deep forest uh, for, for little animals. So they, they play such, a, such an important role in the ecology of, uh, sorry, in the health of the forest. So our elephants are endangered. Yeah, both species are equally endangered, both here in Peninsula uh, due to human um, human and wildlife conflict, deforestation, the loss of their habitat, uh, roadkill. Roadkill is another one uh, that's so popular now. Uh, all our wildlife are going uh, because of this. Um, and then, uh, so the one that I, I, the most important thing that I advocate about elephants is don't go for elephant rights, okay? Because the elephants are abused and tortured in order for you to be able to ride them. So please don't ride elephants. Then we have our Malayan tigers. Um, that's another feature in, in my painting. Um, well, we used to have like some uh, 3,000 uh, tigers post-Merdeka and, and today we only have less than 150 individual tigers left in our forest. And the Malayan tigers are unique to Malaysia. It's our national symbol. And they are already considered almost extinct. So this is the saddest news for all of us. And we have all failed. I am not going to say that just the government failed, but I think we have all failed and we are all equally responsible because we were probably not aware of it. And maybe we didn't take a stand. We have not come out like people power come out and say, hey, government, do something about our Malayan tigers. We have all been quiet, and this is what I call our sin of omission. So, so sadly, uh, they are now, uh, you know, uh, rushing to do something about the um, the population of the Malayan tigers, but I think maybe we are a bit too late. So uh, you will see trees also in my uh, collection of works because uh, of deforestation. Now, I feel whether urban or forest, every tree is so, so important. So I'm so glad that uh, MBPJ and Anthony, you've come up with this program where, you know, if you have more trees, uh, more greens and uh, appreciation of that, and uh, that, that you know, you, you, that's an encouragement. Because every tree houses a lot of life. I don't know whether anybody realizes it or not. There are a lot of insects, uh, fungi, uh, mushrooms, whatever organisms that is needed to live. They live on a tree. So when you chop down a single tree, whether it is in your house, your neighborhood, your parks, or the forest, you actually chopping down like an apartment building. It's an apartment building coming down. And at the same time, there is this whole big connection with trees. 
and then it becomes your forest. And don't forget your your oxygen and your water supply comes from the forest. So if you think the wildlife and the forest have got nothing to do with you, and then you are totally wrong. The day your your tap runs dry and you are gasping for oxygen, that's the day you're gonna realize how connected all of this is directly to you. So this is the kind of message and stories that I tell people because yeah, all yeah. of them are unaware. True. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I also hear uh, a very similar message uh, from you and from Anthony. Uh, you know, this whole idea of, of connectedness. Uh, and I think that's a very powerful uh, message that we could take back this morning uh, in terms of, you know, our care for environment, that we are somehow connected uh, to each other. You know, in, in a world where we are virtually connected these days, uh, you know, and we strive for greater, greater connections, uh, whether it's internet or, you know, it's bandwidth. Uh, there is another aspect of connectedness that we need to be mindful of, uh, and that is, that is the environment. Uh, uh, perhaps, uh, uh, perhaps we, we could, we could take some questions. Maybe you could bring in our other, uh, uh, speakers this morning into our conversation. Uh, yeah, you know, so I, I think each each one of you uh, somehow contribute in, in 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 a very unique and different way, and I think and I think that's the diversity. Uh, Christine, you talk about diversity, uh, the diversity of engagement uh, with regard to to environment. Uh, Bishop talked you know a little bit about his work of creating awareness, and he's got a whole program uh, put up uh, for environmental. Uh, consciousness in Mumbai, uh, and he always sends sends us uh, this in information. And Anthony in in uh, sustainable development, Christine in through art. Perhaps we just take some some questions from from our from our listeners this morning. I think there's there's this question uh, from Irene Johnson. Uh, perhaps you know yeah. uh, I could address this to to, to Anthony. You know. How do we address more concretely about excessive usage of disposable plastic, you know, uh, throwaway culture, river pollutions, you know, uh, in, in a more simple way, maybe what can people do uh, in order to, to be able to, uh, to, to promote or to, to live a more green living, if, you, if I could use that word? Um, uh, thank you, Father, for that question. I think the, the first thing is one of the additional hours that we have to live with today is refuse. Refuse that plastic bag. Um, you know, uh, when I when I uh, started using my own bags to, to do shopping, the, the girl at the checkout counter give me this look, are you from an alien world? It's free. You don't want. Okay? Then it became, okay, you charge I'll charge you at the payment counter. What people do now is they take the free plastic bag and roll them and then take 20 of them and then walk out very, very innocently. I, I, I don't have to pay for this. So I think that's this, this whole mindset of uh, I use, I throw. And it doesn't affect me. But do you know that every week we consume microplastic that is equivalent to a credit card? Every week, every week of the year, five grams. So these are things which I think people are just not aware of and, and brings back to this question of uh, education, Father. The education should not stop. Education has to be continuous. 
Father, um, on Irene's question, because I also early on this before I told friends about it, and one of them told me there is a recycling center for those people in PJ. It's in uh, Mutiara Damansara. It's actually a shopping center, the Ikano Power Center, IPC. So they handle recyclables. And what would incentivize people is they buy back. They would buy back uh, certain items, plastics, paper, cardboard, uh, tin, aluminum. And of course, it has to have a certain weight. They will buy back. And something new, they wouldn't have, they would cater for food waste. Yeah, they would they would uh, compost or they would convert the food waste. It becomes fertilizer. Uh, and uh, even your electrical items, yeah, your appliances, your old TV, uh, telecommunication stuff, go to IPC. So you can get more info about this uh, at ipc.com.my. You can drive in. You don't have to go into the, the mall. But you can drive in. It's at the uh, parking P1. So ipc.com.my. Uh, Father, if, if I can do a short plug-in for PJ and Nestle, they're having a project where they do house-to-house uh, -house collection of uh, waste, segregated waste, including the light flim flimsy plastic. Everything oh, is collected. Okay, now the problem and, and, and something that I shared with Glenn earlier, uh, people think when they say I recycle means I separate. No, that's called segregation at, at, at source. The actual recycling is done at the recycling center. Now, if the recycler does not use up the plastic, does not use up glass, and it ends up in the uh, landfill, that's not called recycling. It has to be 100%. So it goes back to this whole notion of circular economy. Thank so it has, be, it has to be from the from the from the start to the end. The whole process has yes. to be from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Yes. I mean, just yes. coming to, to, to Bishop Alwyn, Bishop Alwyn, uh, to say, you know, um, you know, what 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 could our churches or parishes, you know, uh, do to to promote this kind of a you know, uh, sustainable living, or even being a bit more conscious uh, about the environmental needs uh, from from your from your programs that you have had and are there some suggestions where parishes can be involved more concretely uh, there is a program now started by the integral human uh, development the dicastery uh, they're having a like a seven-year program and they're asking uh, uh, they're asking various groups uh, to become sort of green uh, I'll just give you some of the groups. Families. So how can a family be uh, become green? Diocese. How can a diocese become green? Schools, universities, mm. hospitals and healthcare centers, business and agricultural farm, and religious orders. So, of course, Bombay has been chosen as a diocese uh, by the Vatican Dicastery for a seven-year program. So they have given various footsteps during these seven years. Like, for instance, uh, can we have, a, can call it any name, can we have an Eden Garden or a Laudotosi Garden? You know, where in the parish, uh, I have it in my parish, we have, a, we have a garden, we have St. Francis's Prayer, where people can come and sit down and reflect and as Christian said, to touch 
uh, the leaves and to touch uh, sort of Mother Earth. So that could be one thing, you know, so that people are reminded of uh, of Laudato's Sea. We have a, so we call it Laudato's Sea Garden. Another thing that which uh, we do, and of course, uh, uh, they call me a green bishop, that whenever I go, they don't give me bouquets and uh, uh, plastics and all these things. They give me a pot, you know, a, a far pot, so that uh, I can uh, take it back and... Uh, so these things can be introduced in a small way in our parishes also. Also, we have uh, in many parishes and homes, I do not know, started solar, the solar uh, in our parishes. And we have encouraged, uh, the Archbishop also has encouraged uh, solar in our parishes. And so these are various steps. We have a lot of training programs. As Anthony said, we need an awareness program. You know? So we have uh, we have a lot of uh, awareness program and something which I'm going to start on the 5th of uh, June, we are going to have a green movement. So we are getting about 40, 50 so far who have registered will be part of this green movement. And later on, it may be a turn to 100 and 200 and 300 and it will be people of all faiths. So we have uh, worked out a a roadmap where people from all over India will bond together and will do a certain action. And these are some of my thoughts. You know, a very, very practical down to earth question, you know, uh, either, you know, maybe Anthony may be more involved in this area would like to answer from Marcus. You know, I think this is something that that impacts everyone. How do you dispose yeah. rubbish without plastic bags? You know, okay. that is a very, uh, well, very I, simple, I, I, very, very relevant question. Yes, very relevant, Father. Uh, that is the simple questions that are difficult to answer. First yeah. of all, whatever can be recyclable, remove from your garbage. Secondly, uh, remove whatever is organic in matter and put that into a composting bin. You will end up you will end up with some garbage. I'm, I'm not saying that you will eliminate the total use of plastic. But what may happen is instead of throwing out your garbage once every every one or two days, you may end up send, uh, throwing out your garbage once every four or five days. So you will minimize. The, the important thing is not to go cold turkey. Because when people go cold turkey, they will quickly relapse. But if you go step by step, then the chances of success is higher. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Anthony. So I think that's that's something that you know that we all can do from home, isn't it? I mean, something that that we can we all can be involved in in some ways. Uh, coming back to just to Christine, you know, uh, Christine, in terms of uh, you, I mean, your concern has been uh, has been also the wildlife uh, in terms of you know. How, how do you, I mean, you do it through art. How do you think, let's say, I mean, let us ordinary people, uh, you know, how, how can we, you know, create a greater awareness uh, for the diversity of the wildlife in Malaysia um, and also to be a voice to protect uh, the wildlife in Malaysia? Um, so from my, from my experience, uh, I realized that what is really lacking is like what everyone is saying, awareness and education. Uh, because without the awareness and education, 
without the awareness and education, which is something even I myself personally went through, you would not have this um, consciousness. It, it won't build that um, that conviction. Yeah. So because of that, through my art, I've also actually come up with a with a what so wild workshop whereby people can come and um, if, in fact any organizations, whether it's church or corporates or even individuals as family and community, you can come and learn about wildlife one species at a time. Yeah. So it and it is also an art project. It is an art project with a wildlife expert. So, uh, so it's, it's a marriage between conservation and art, and it's kind of fun, and you will learn all the fun facts about uh, wildlife and, uh, and the forest and how it is directly connected to you. So, so this is uh, one way uh, of educating yourself, so you can always um, talk to me about that. Uh, but apart from that, I think... But just, just before you move away from that, how, how, do we get, how do our listeners get more info about that? Where can oh. we get more info? Okay, at the moment it is um, we. I, I'm actually okay. I'm actually partnering an NGO, EcoMy, on this project. So we are planning to launch this on World Elephant Day, um, which is on the twelfth of uh, August. So in August, uh, we plan to have a soft launch. So um, until then, uh, if you want to know more about it, you can actually uh, get in touch with with me. Maybe I can give you an overall picture about how it works and uh, and what's going to happen. So you probably will see it on social media. Uh, if you're following me, you definitely see it. And I'll probably come and pitch it to the Catholic Church too, so that we can have so well about Laudato Si, and it can be a program that uh, the church can also work together with us. And uh, we can actually educate every single Catholic. So everyone will know about for who's, what wildlife we have and, um, and whether, uh, what, what you can do and how you can help. Because you will have a wildlife expert, which is not me, but a wildlife expert, someone who's in the field. So you, you will have the best information. And so it looks like looks like we have. So it looks like we have to bring you back in August uh, to our show again uh, to help us uh, understand a little bit more about you know the wildlife in Malaysia. And and I would admit, you know, uh, it's something that you know. But when I was young, uh, when primary school, one of the, the the highlights of primary school is going to visit Zoo Negara. You know, as a school, you know, you take a bus and you go. You know, that was the highlight. The highlight was getting out. I mean, the highlight was getting away from school. That was the bigger highlight than actually where you were going. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's it's with kids today and children today. I think there's there's a greater need for parents to to bring about this awareness uh, with you know the diversity of of the Malaysian Malaysian wildlife and some of the concerns that that we need to be aware about. And I think, yeah. So I mean. So Christine, yeah. So we will we look forward to having you back uh, sometime in August to talk to us about you know this whole project and how families yeah. can get involved, how parents can get involved, how children can get involved, uh, and and we are happy to 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 provide you uh, you know this 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 portal to to share a little bit about what you do. Thank you. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, that was part two. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we are. So, so we are. We are sure. Can I just address this? Uh, Irene uh, has said use biodegradable bags. Uh, Irene Johnson. Uh, just just a word of caution. Uh, when they say biodegradable, uh, the plastic actually remains. The, 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 the bag disintegrates, but maybe up to 95% of the plastic actually remains. 
and it actually remains as uh, what you call uh, microplastic, and that's even more dangerous. So okay. uh, we have to keep abreast with the, the science that's going on. Uh, even today, uh, in uh, I think Kuala Lumpur does not allow uh, biodegradable plastics to be used. So uh, yeah, just a bit of caution there. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's that's, that's an important point I think to remember. Uh, very very often people think that you know using biodegradable bags is the alternative, uh, and and you don't we don't realize there are also other repercussions to that. Uh, yeah. So we are we are coming to an end to to our conversation this morning. Uh, uh, it's been an hour since we started. Uh, we just do like to thank our, our guests, uh, Glenn. Uh, thanks, Christine, uh, Glenn, Anthony, uh, yeah. Bishop Alvin, all the way from Mumbai. You know, uh, perhaps, you know, uh, thanks, if Bishop. there's something that you, as you want to communicate, you know, as we celebrate the sixth anniversary of the publication of Laudato Si, if there's one message that you want to communicate to our, to our audience, uh, what would that be uh, in a few words? Uh, maybe we start with Christine. What do you want to Okay, um, okay, actually, love that. Just, um, the book says, if I want to remind all of you that every single creature that he created on earth, every wildlife, no matter how small, how big, they all have a role and a purpose to play for the greater good of the human species. That is something you must always remember. So, they affect us. So, you have to protect them. So you either be the solution or you continue to be the problem. Your choice. Beautiful. Anthony. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll share three words. Stewardship, Khalifa, and uh, the other word is uh, uh, stewardship, Khalifa, and also uh, someone who is taking care don't don't uh, don't let that uh, responsibility be taken away so be a steward be a khalifa be a trustee that's the word i was looking for thank you i i'm a bit uh the second what's your second word again anthony uh khalifa those that that is uh for those who are from the islamic background they will know yeah bishop alwin yeah, I would like uh, all of us to be interconnected. You know, what do I mean is that if I uh, if I'm violent with a woman, then I cannot love create, uh, creation. Hmm. If I love creation, I uh, I cannot uh, disregard the poor person. So everything is interconnected, and therefore we have to show respect and care for all the creatures in the world and for all the insects and animals and birds. Because we cannot compartmentalize, you know, that I love this and I don't love this. Yeah, I think I think that's that's something that for us all to remember, you know. And I think you know, if you ask me if something that we all can make a difference starting today, I think the simple things from what I've been hearing is that like what Anthony said. If you're going grocery shopping, take your own bags, you know, use recyclable bags. You know, there's simple things that we can do. Uh, water bottles, this is one of the other areas where we, we pollute so much. Uh, you know, use, bring your own water bottle. I think these are little, little things that we can start doing already, uh, you know, in terms of our waste also. 
Uh, so whether we are confined, we are confined to our homes. <clears throat> Uh, we all may not be an activist uh, in the area of, of environmental issues, uh, but uh, we all are stewards as, you know, we know that we are all called to care for creation. And I think what what I would like to just add is every little bit counts, you know, and I think that's the important thing, you know, uh, whether it is, it's, it's not about, you know, being doing it in a large scale or a small scale, but it's about doing something, uh, whether it's small or large, and that impacts all of us. And what happens here in Malaysia, I think, impacts what happens in Mumbai. What happens in Mumbai impacts us because we all live in this. Now, the word is we live in this global village. It's one big village uh, called Mother Earth that we live in. Uh, so I want to, to thank uh, Bishop Alwyn. Thank you, Bishop Alwyn. I know it was very early morning for you when we started. Uh, and you have a busy day. I know you have uh, another program uh, lined up in an hour's time. Uh, Thank you very much, Christine, uh, for sharing. Um, just very quickly, I mean, if our audience wants to see your artwork, is there a website that they could go to to see all your other pieces? I know you yeah. have lots of them. Uh, yeah. And the website would be? The website would be christinedas.com. Or you can just okay. go christinedas.com. And you can see all your great pieces uh, out there. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for, for making time. Uh, it's good to reconnect with you after all these years. Uh, and and I wish your team all the best uh, to make it to Champions League. <laughs> you never walk alone, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth place is at, is at stake this evening. Uh, and Glenn, thank you so much, uh, Glenn, for, for being with us and hosting with this. You know? It's a pleasure, Father. Yeah. And, uh, and so before we finish, to meet Bishop Elvin. Bishop, uh, Bishop, could we invite you to, as we always do, we conclude with a prayer. Would you, would you honor us with a prayer before we conclude this? I will take it from uh, number eighty-seven to number eighty-seven of Laudato Si. When we can see God reflected in all that exists, our hearts are moved to praise the Lord for all His creatures and to worship Him in union with them. This sentiment finds magnificent expression in the hymn of St. Francis of Assisi. Praise be you, my Lord, with all your creatures, especially Sir Brother Son, who is the day and through whom you give us light. And he is beautiful and radiant with great splendor and bears the likeness of you, Most High. Praise be be you my lord through sister moon and the stars in heaven you form them clear and precious and beautiful praise be you my lord through brother wind and through the air cloudy and serene and every kind of weather through whom you give sustenance in to your creatures praise be to you my lord through sister water who is very useful and humble and precious and chaste Praise be you, my Lord, through Brother Fire, through whom you light the night, and is beautiful and playful and robust and strong. Amen. 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 So thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, thank you to all our, our regular uh, listeners who join us every Saturday morning. Uh, do look forward to seeing you again next Saturday morning, same time uh, at 10.30 uh, for our next next episode. Uh, 
don't forget to to like uh, to subscribe to our video uh, so that you get notifications also uh, go to our facebook page or go to our youtube channel uh, to subscribe and you will get notified uh, every time and i'll uh, get reminded rather uh, just before we come on air uh, every saturday morning at 10 30 a.m and so until then everyone uh, have a good weekend uh, blessed pentecost also it's a feast of the pentecost tomorrow uh, the yeah, birthday of the amen. church uh, have a good pentecost celebration uh, wherever you are uh, we ask that you stay safe uh, during this pandemic also Thank you, everyone, and see you all soon. God bless. Thanks. Thanks for your comments, everyone, also.